0: You're about to listen to part two of the Scientology podcast. If you haven't listened to part one yet, you probably should. But if you
1: have, here's the rest of it. So, Tori, my friend Tori Chrisman, who was in for 30 years, oh. is she the blonde she woman has, with short hair? Yeah, yeah she she was in for 30 years, and I met her back in '99 when she was still inside Scientology, and a year later she left and came to us at the Lisa McPherson Trust, and we've uh, we've been friends. I liked her when she was in. I always had fun time talking to her and her husband. When she was a Scientologist, and then when she left, um, her husband left her. Her whole world crumbled because, uh, again, all the Scientologist friends disconnected from her. So she had to turn to the critics that she had thought were, you know, devils, and she found that there's a whole world out there on the internet of people who were ready to to befriend her. At any rate, Tori tells the story of how when she was in, she, she was at, uh, I think, a Denny's, and she talked to some guy who had just come from auditing, and he said, oh, my God, you won't believe it. I had this breakthrough today. I was Julius Caesar. <laughs> and Tori, like a good Scientologist, she's like, wow, uh-huh. Julius Caesar. That's amazing, because you don't invalidate anyone in Scientology, if they say something is true, it's true for them, so you don't you don't say you weren't uh, you know it's the truth, yeah, oh my God, it's Julius Caesar. She went over to another table and and, and was talking to another Scientologist and said, "You know what? I just discovered I'm Julius Caesar <laughs> and she went. Huh? Yeah, I was going to say that awkward
2: moment <laughs> when both of you find out you were Julius you were Caesar. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, like in Defending Your Life, the Past Lives Pavilion. Do you remember, do you yes. remember that movie when you get to, like one of them is Prince Valiant and one of them is just like a running Indian
0: <laughs> about to get killed? That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Uh, to go back to David uh, Miscavige for uh, just a second, and I know you haven't read the book, but I wonder if – do you know if she in it has any theorizing as to why he's the way he is or or anything that happened in his life to make him that crazy well i would hope so. hope okay, so. i think like there's that.
2: a bunch of things that happened yeah
1: i mean the general uh, framework of it is you know he got in his parents were in he as a teenager he oh, okay. he was a very dedicated scientology gotcha. uh, scientologist as a teenager he was part of the sea org he found himself being one of the commodore's messengers when hubbard was still around mhm Ron hubbard when he was kicked out of country after country in the in the mid-sixties. He he had he had left America and was running Scientology from a, a mansion in England, uh-huh. uh St. Hill. Um and after a few years there he was not welcome in England. So he bought a ship and he ran Scientology from out at sea yeah. in international waters for a couple of years. Uh, so he created what he called the C Organization or C Org.
0: Which is the highest level. These are the most right, dedicated
1: yeah. people in Scientology who are going to devote their lives to forwarding the goals of Scientology. And they mean it. They sign a billion-year service contract to come back lifetime after lifetime to essentially work as slaves for Scientology. Mm-hmm. They're, they're working 80 to 100 hours a week. They're... Um, they're being fed rice and beans quite often they they they're being paid next to nothing and it's like 50 bucks a week now i think for wow. Z-Org members and they're being housed in 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 these facilities where there'll be 12 scientologists in a room and bunk beds and 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 i mean it's just a very very difficult life basically but, like priests
0: so, or cardinals where you swear off everything and you just devote your life to this one thing
1: right um, so they're the they're the folks who take care of all the the paying customers like Tom Cruise. Mm. So there there are three levels of Scientologists, three different types. There's public members like Cruise or your local dentist or the or the person next door who who uh, sign up and go in for for their auditing sessions, but they have a normal life. Then there are uh, staff members who may work at a, a local org, um, but they they have a a, a life outside where they come home and they have family or whatever. But then the the third level, are these are the people who get the most abuse, are those Sea Org members. So uh, um, Miscavige was in the Sea Org in his teens, and he found himself becoming one of the Commodore's messengers. When Hubbard was running the ship at sea, he uh, had a whole bunch of teenage girls in these sexy little miniskirts who became his messengers. So
0: of course, I mean,
1: rather than sending, you know, getting on the phone and calling somebody on, on the upper deck or whatever, he he'd have these girls uh, go and give his message to whoever he wanted to talk to. And they were supposed to completely recreate not only what Hubbard said, but how he said it. So if Hubbard was angry, He'd say, you go tell Gene that he's a so-and-so and a... Fr- <laughs> and uh, so this little teenage girl would, in a miniskirt would come marching up to Gene. Gene, you are a so-and-so fr- 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 <laughs> and a... And it's just the most bizarre thing to imagine. But, but people were... In desperate fear, any time they'd see these girls approaching them, oh my God, what what are they going to hit me with now? So Miss Cabbage became one of these messengers and was one of the few people to see Hubbard when when Hubbard was hiding in the last years of his life, though
0: he was not a. Girl in a miniskirt. Yeah, it wasn't exclusively ha- so girls. Some, Once he got yes, off the okay. ship,
1: there were there there's some dudes that were allowed into it too, <laughs> but primarily it's it's yes. it's, the, it's the girls. Was
0: it said that he was with the girls or he just liked good looking girls? No, or- I,
1: I've abs- absolutely heard nothing about Hubbard okay. a- ever doing anything sexually gotcha with the, you know and it's actually pretty remarkable i am yeah. that's uh, that, the thing that's, where i'm always shocked but i'm like how how did that not happen right. that's like he I mean, was these,
0: looking but he wasn't he he actually followed some principles him. but they
1: they would dress him you know so he'd get oh, out of bed and they it, okay. I, I think in his underwear probably i'd never uh-huh. heard anything about oh my god we saw him naked um but they they would dress him and there'd be one messenger who would be following him everywhere on ship okay uh with a little ashtray so when he was ready to flick his ashes from his cool cigarette she would be there to catch it i mean it's insane yeah. <laughs> was he married at this time did he have the wife on board he did, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if Mary okay. Sue was on board at that point. This was his third wife. By that, okay. By that time, Mary the Sue, Amy Hubbard. Adams she took character, the, she place. took the fall for the FBI investigation, right? That's the one right. who, yeah, okay, yeah. right. A few years later, the Scientology staged the biggest covert action ever against the United States government in mm. something they called Operation Snow White, where um, these Scientologists were supposed to get jobs at Different government agencies like the IRS and the FBI and and um, psychiatric um, organizations, so they would they would get jobs as secretaries or whatever, so they'd have access to the building. One of the the, the women that I interviewed for the the film, Nancy Maney, uh, did this as a teenage girl. She she was working at a psychiatric mm-hmm. institute as a volunteer, and then she would sneak out files that uh from the office at night xerox them and bring them back the next day and sleep them, uh, slip them back into the files wow. so they would get all this information amassed about scientology from from all these organizations and after 2 years this was uncovered when one of these covert ops was was caught xeroxing stuff at the FBI and they got him to lay out the entire story uh, and Hubbard's wife was at the um, L.A. headquarters when the FBI came to raid the place. The FBI raided um, in, I think, Washington, D.C. and L.A. Hubbard wasn't around when the raid happened. Hubbard fled into the and lived his last 10 years in the desert with no one except a couple of people knowing where Hubbard was located. I mean, this is top secret. And he let his wife take the fall. She and uh, I think ten other Scientology officials went to prison for this covert action.
0: How long did they go for?
1: Do we know? Uh, I think uh, Mary Sue was in for five years. Oh
0: wow! So a, a decent oh, amount he's of time. Oh, he's a
1: really yeah. He let right. a lot of people take never, the fall. Never, never yeah. called her. Never visited. Oh,
2: geez. just spent his time in hiding. What I find so amazing though is that this is such an unbelievably diabolical plan. Like, because th- I think that's what people don't it does take a certain amount of mad genius to have the energy to go as far as they've gone. And I think that's what's really, it's brilliance turned completely wrong. And it's like, it's just like so, he's such an interesting guy because of how far he had to go in his brain to com- to continue justifying these atrocities he knew he was committing. And that's what I think about Miss Cabbage is like, I know he grew up his entire life there, he doesn't know anything different, but at this point, he has done some of the single worst things anyone has ever done, but he's able he has to justify it now because he's in charge and he has this pride. But it's like, I don't the psychology of that man, I think he should be studied in a prison, like in a room, just
1: to watch him, you know. I think no matter how bad you are you, you probably don't think that you're bad. That's the Hitler thing. probably a, thought he was a nice guy. Yeah. Like I like to dance. I'm a good painter. Right.
0: Like Miss could have grown up in a Catholic uh family and turned out just as crazy as the head of some other organization or or you know the head of a company.
1: I don't think it's I don't he think he may have been si- shaped by his Scientology experiences too. Well what, yeah. what we do I, know about him, and again, I've never met the guy. Uh, you know, but from my my understanding of him is he was incredibly dedicated member, very ambitious, and when Hubbard died in, I think, 86, Miscavige saw this opportunity to seize control, Mm -hmm. and he actually did overthrow the two people who Hubbard had intended to take over the church. These two people who were uh, taking care of him uh, at, uh, at the hidden desert location for 10 years. Miscavige managed to get them declared suppressive and, and oh, get wow. them out of the way mm. so he could seize control of the organization. And I think he d- wanted to run it just the way Hubbard ran it, how he saw Hubbard running the place. Hubbard was notorious for screaming at people and and having tantrums. The people who I've talked to who knew Hubbard said he, could, he would also come back the next day and apologize. Mm-hmm. So he was not. You you would forgive him for these eccentricities. I don't see that side from Miss Miscavige Miss seems to be just nasty. Yeah. Um, he, he put his But own. here's here's the disadvantage that I think Miss has, and and why this is frustrating him so much. And again, this is just me. Um, what Hubbard was around, he was source. That's what they called him. He was the guy who wrote all the technology. He was the guy who made it possible for you to become an operating Phaeton and to improve your life and have all these wins. They worshipped him. Even though they knew he was not a god, this was the guy that they admired more than anyone on the planet. When Hubbard died, he took the possibility of new discoveries with him. Mm. David Miscavige now... Is in charge of running an organization that can't expand. He can't write anything new. That's a
0: good, that's a good point. Yeah. They have
1: built it into the Scientology framework that you can't alter any anything that L. Ron Hubbard wrote. You can't create new things based on Hubbard's writing. That's squirrel. So Miss has the 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 problem of trying to run this organization, which has so much insanity built into it where he's not beloved. They don't they don't worship and revere him the way they did Hubbard. He's just a guy kind he's of running it. He's not the creator. And, think- and he's running it from
2: fear. I also think that's probably one of the problems of why it has, it's taken so long for even the I would almost say mini-revolution, although that's kind of a contradiction that's going on right now of them kind of getting screwed, is that with Elrond, they care so passionately about him. But with Cabbage, I think – I've read some uh, interviews where they're like, yeah, maybe he's wrong, but so what? He's not Elrond. It's just this other dude. And so uh-huh. it's like, oh, that actually sc- – it's a weird way for them to justify, yeah, but he's not Elrond, so it's just in, uh, time until someone else gets there.
0: And to go off a little bit about uh, the fact that Miss Miscavige can't write anything new and, and uh, Hubbard's dead, so no one else is supposed to, the, these OT levels, I think it's OT3 when you finally find out about Xenu, right? right? And you have to be clear before you can start doing OTs, and then you can go up to OT8. Yeah. So... I, I was reading this Wikipedia page. It's actually not all pro because there's a lot of the controversies in here, a lot of the, the IRS problems. So it's actually a well-thought-out page when it comes to Oh, Scientology isn't the one who just wrote this page. It's, it, there is a mention of it, of uh, supposedly that maybe one day there will be an OT nine that's revealed. And so I'm thinking, oh, you know what they're going to do? Someone's going to uh, else is going to write stuff and say, oh, Ron Hubbard wrote it, but didn't want it released until a certain time was or like something like that. Written or something like that, and he was upset. Well, that- there
1: there have been these rumors that they've they've dangled this as a carrot. Uh, uh for scientologists for for a long time now uh the rumor was that hubbard had researched and developed ot9 through i think 12 uh, oh, okay before so, he died but the they weren't going to release these materials until every org on the planet which is what they call their church their, their yeah. organizations every org had to be saint Hill's size and saint hill was it was this huge manor with lots of activity back in the 60s. So that means that the Scientologists have to push hard to get new Scientologists into the buildings, get them all audited, get them all up the bridge before uh, they will be blessed with the release of OT9. And that's never going to happen. No. Their but numbers the, keep dwindling.
0: Here's the thing, though. and, oh, and Actually, that, that brings up a good point when it comes to member stats, which I have here. Um, that's the thing, though. As long as they have that carrot, it's like one day when t- stuff is starting to go really downhill, and they need to do something new, they can just say he wrote it when no- when he when someone else wrote it.
1: It's possible. I I don't you, see that as happening. It's a little okay. bit of a trap he's in because yeah. yeah, you know, something similar to that is the superpower process that they're releasing now. Uh, back in. Well, back in, I guess, the mid-'80s, before Hubbard died, he developed this little superpower rundown, which was supposed to improve your perceptics or something like that, your perceptions, your your, your ability to... Your
2: percepticons. Right. One of those words like interbulate, which they just made up, and you're like, right. what's
1: going on? The, the, so it, it's this little rundown he he developed, and they have not released it. They've always been talking about releasing it. And David Miscavige turned that into a huge fundraising activity over the past decade or more, saying we need to build this incredible building in Clearwater, Florida. We'll call the Superpower Building. And once that is funded and built, we will have you come there and do the Superpower Rundown. We've run a couple people through it already. It's amazing. Everything they do is always amazing. This is a game changer. So they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars to build this building, which is you know a, a, a probably about a decade behind schedule uh-huh. uh, in fact it it was left even though they've raised you know at least ten times as much money as they need to have it built and constructed once they once they actually open it, then they're going to have to start delivering the superpower rundown and then all these Scientologists are kind of going to come there and go, "This is it." really i don't i don't have superpowers, so I think they 're a little worried about that well, and then I feel like and then they
2: 're caught because then once they complain at all they 're like you 're going you're 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 an s p like the, and right. then then you 're screwed it 's like well, what do you this system is set to self destruct i mean it 's impossible what they 've done
0: obviously we know how they get money. we know that, but uh, I want to read this quick little paragraph because uh, we were talking about membership, and it says here in two thousand and five the Church of Scientology said it's worldwide membership to be eight million although that number included people who took only the introductory course and in nothing else. But in 2007, a church official claimed 3.5 million members in the United States, but a 2001 survey conducted by the City University of New York found that only 55,000 people in the United States claimed to be each Scientologist. And uh, worldwide, some observers believe a reasonable estimate of Scientology's core practicing membership ranges between 100,000 and 200,000 mostly in the U.S., Europe, South Africa, and Australia. And one survey found that American Scientologists had dropped to 25,000 only. So it's like they're saying millions and millions, but you know, some surveys are saying, maybe the survey people don't want to claim they're Scientologists? Or do you really think that there's really only 25,000 Scientologists? There's only 25,000. Yeah, yeah, That's no amazing, because yeah. being in L.A., though, maybe it feels like they're should be a lot more because of these huge buildings. They have a lot of property. They have a lot of property, especially the Celebrity Center, which is right across the street from Upright Citizens Brigade. Where I'm always saying that piece of property, and that that's built has to be I. I don't know, like, what, $100 million? Maybe not that much. But, you know, it's this really nice hotel, huge-looking manor on this awesome piece of property in Hollywood. And if they only have 25,000 members, where are, how are they buying but all this The way stuff? to
2: think about it, I think, would be, at least from what I've read, is that they used to have more. And people have passed through. But anyone that has even passed through for, like, a year has probably spent – at least 20000 yep. So it's like they've – but some
0: people have spent 300000 that were well, only Well, even two more because I think Begay even said he put in a million dollars to the place. And they're just so.
2: so much because these people are at their worst point. And they're like, oh, all this – throw this – I have money. Sure, I don't have happiness, but I have money. And they just take all their money and they right. save it.
1: And when it comes to the buildings, there, there's been a, a scam over the past decade with uh, Miscavige developing this ideal org strategy. He has decided that every, um, every city should have an ideal org, an incredible historic building that will be restored to its full grandeur. And once the building is open, the flood of new recruits will come in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the biggest thing for Scientology. So he's got these detailed plans of how these, these orgs should be presented. Used to be, you'd walk into a Scientology org and you'd meet somebody who would say, Hi, uh, you want to take the test? You want to, you know, let me tell you about Scientology and, uh, you know, try to talk you into a course. Now, they've taken a lot of the human element out of it. And when you go into an ideal org, it's all these video kiosks about different aspects of Scientology. So now, when you walk in, somebody will say, Here, watch this video about the history of L. Ron Hubbard. Watch this Tom Cruise tape. Uh, where mm-hmm. he extols the virtue of Scientology, so there are a lot of people thinking, "Well, this is yeah. a horrible way to to draw any new members in." But the real scam is, he's forcing the local Scientologists to raise the money to buy these buildings. Scientology is not paying for these buildings. Mm-hmm. They're making the Scientologists in an area, L.A. or or you know Dallas or a, a smaller town. These poor Scientologists will have to dig uh, from their pockets and have all these fundraisers and raise the hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to buy these buildings. And as soon as they bought them, they signed the deed over to Scientology. Gotcha. And then those same Scientologists who attend uh, services in those orgs now have to pay rent (laughs) to the Church of Scientology. So where there might have been 10 people in a local org, in a small building in the past, now they have this beautiful grand new building with 10 people in it. Because uh. it's not drawing any new people in. Uh, and everywhere you look, there's there, there's these Scientologists in different cities who are saying, there's nobody here. It's dead. It's dead. But because they can't talk to other people... They think it's just their org and that it's their fault that there's nobody there. Everywhere else it must be prospering because we keep going to these Scientology events and David Miscavige is talking about 10, 10 million members and all these orgs opening and all the great work they're doing around the world. So they think we suck. Everybody else is thriving. We have to work harder. Yeah. But everywhere it's dead.
0: Just touch one a uh, little bit on the OT levels and then I'll I'll move past this. I think one of the main things that brought out this whole Xenu thing, and not and not the main thing, but one of the linchpins of everybody and it going into popular culture, I think, was the whole South Park thing. And, of course, before that, you guys were, were talking about it. And there was, it, I think it came about because the uh, one member came out and it came out in a public proceeding, uh, court documents, the whole Xenu story, and that's how it went out, and they tried to stop it. But if that happens in OT3... I'm curious and and you you guys might not know this you might what happens in four through eight then if you, if the crazy if the crazy story that everybody's like, "Oh my God is in three
1: like is there more craziness you can go onto to WikiLeaks and download all the materials so you okay. can see what happens uh essentially and I don't have the order correct, but essentially in o t three you discover that you were blown up and <laughs> you are are now covered with what they call body thetans. Yeah. Case of so, the Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> so Zenu blew you up in a volcano, and and you were surrounded by all these tens of thousands of other thetans. Yeah. You are smashed into atoms. These <laughs> these particles of, of your thetans collide into one another and become cluster thetans, and then they attach themselves to our bodies, and they become body thetans. So these body thetans are confused Spirits uh, who were blown up 75 million years ago, and in OT3 you have to start finding those body thetans and explaining to them, it's okay. You were blown up on a volcano by Xenu. You're all right. You can leave now. And you, you, you get rid of all of them from your body and your environment. And you think, okay, now I'm set. Now I'm ready to move forward. And then in the next level you find out that well, there were some body thetans that were asleep. So now you have to wake them up and get rid of them. And then you go, okay, I'm done. And then the next level you'll find out, <laughs> well, no, there were some body thetans that were on drugs. So you have to locate them. <laughs> okay. and so it goes like that. Now, I don't know if that's the exact right order, but there's always something –
0: now, on in the WikiLeaks, it's, is this the actual L. Ron Hubbard written documents? Yeah. Like, written his... Okay, that's right. cool. and OT3, I remember seeing those, but I, I never actually read all of I them. And I feel like the, the important thing to remember is that,
2: at least from the, what Paul Haggis was saying, you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, at least, by the time you're getting to OT3. So, uh-huh. even if you rightfully go, Zenu when you read this, like, Zenu, like, you already... You or- you can't say you, because if you question it at all, you're an SP, pretty much. Yeah. Or you have to go through all these rundowns or like what are the sec checks or whatever it well, is. And, and yeah. And and, and then the any time that it's crazier, any time you question it, you're an asshole basically. But if you do question it, then you have to deal with all this shame. And, like, and, and in order to get out of Scientology, if you go, oh, this is crazy, you have to do hun- like $100,000 worth of sex checks to get out. So it's like such an insane
0: trap. And right. some people, I think, uh, that I've read that have, have gotten out were saying, well, you kind of just take it like some people take the Bible. It's, not, it's more of a story, uh, an allegory rather than it being real. And that's how they kind of get through it, uh, even though that's not what they're saying. They're saying this is real.
1: Right. With um, the actor Jason Begay, who Yeah, I, I think that's why... I... Yeah, he, he made that point to me that, uh, you know, there's all these, you know, spirits in other religions and demons and things. So I just thought of it as an allegory, really. Yeah. And, and I suppose there is that aspect of Scientology where you pick and choose what you really want to believe, as there is in every religion. But that's not supposed to be the case. Um, you know, what's true for you is true does not apply to what Hubbard wrote. I want
0: to read this one last thing, and then, I, uh, Jake, I know you have a question. Uh, this is from the Wikipedia page. In the primordial past, Thetans brought the material universe into being largely for their own pleasure. The universe has no independent reality, but derives its apparent reality from the fact that most Thetans agree it exists. That just sounds very science fiction. Yeah, it's uh,
2: like nothing it, – it's, it's like saying – yeah, I know that it doesn't exist, but it does because I'm saying it does. That's all that is, right? Yeah. It's just like you know, I I know that it doesn't, but yes, it does. It is because I just decided it does. That's all that it, I feel like that's what everything is. There's only a sofa here because we all agree there's a sofa here, right? Yeah. Right.
0: If we didn't agree, it wouldn't exist. Right.
2: Yeah. Um. Well, I want I want to tell the quick cat story that I have to tell you just because I don't and want to not tell it. And for a palate cleanser. So I love cats. Uh, I have two of my own, Pebbles and Shiksa. They're adorable little angels. They're sisters. And um, when I went to adopt them, they were a year and a half old. And they were incredibly sweet. I mean, I really think my cats might be angels if I believed in anything like an angel. So sweet, unbelievably sweet. And when I went to the shelter, it was a shelter that I was volunteering at. They would just come back. And I was like, why were they returned? Because they're such sweet, incredible cats. And the owners of the shelter said, well, the family that adopted them, uh, they adopted them when they were six months old. I mean, not the family, but the cats were six months old. And um, the the family seemed fine at the time. They had a a newborn baby, and they wanted some cats. They adopted them. And when they returned them, they said that the cats were incredibly sweet, always very nice, very good. They, you know, shit in the litter box, whatever it was. But they have a newborn baby, and the baby would cry at night. And the parents' uh, way of parenting was to let the baby cry and deal with it. And the cats would see the baby crying – get very upset by it and go to the parents and meow and wake them up so they couldn't sleep because the cats were so upset by the baby crying that they wanted someone to help the baby and the parents said that although the cats were sweet they didn't like that they were judging the way they parented their child oh my lord and this was a scientology method so they had to give them back because they didn't appreciate that the cats were judging them for how they parented their child so Scientology is so crazy that even my cats were like, yeah, something's wrong. Like something's a little wrong here, but my cats are pure angels because they wanted to save the baby. So I also had Scientologist cats. I have Scientologist cats, which I – they're SP cats, which I think is the greatest thing in the entire world. And I I realized that the other day and I was like, oh my god. You are literal – the church hates you. Like the (laughs) church would – the church would probably go so far as to hate you or put – like there would probably be a bulletin about you being assholes. But anyway, the question I wanted to ask – was I know that you're doing wonderful work and so is Tony, Tony Ortega and Marty Rathbun but like is there who who can people look to or or what are some resources cuz I'm so into it and I think it's a human rights atrocity beyond almost anything that's happening right now because also people one of the atrocities being there might be like war somewhere else, but nobody thinks that what's going on here is even a problem. And I think that's like a terrible thing. What are some places people can go to or check or any reason? What can people do to learn more about it or where can they go to like find out stuff or how
1: can they help? Well, luckily, we're in a, a golden age of, of media interest in Scientology now. So you can find a lot of material um, online. Uh there's a an, an always an amazing series of articles coming from the Tampa Bay uh, Times. Used to be the St. Pete Times, but uh, uh, Google that. And the uh, reporters there do the best work in uncovering these incredible in-depth stories. So I recommend that. And uh, they have Tony videos Ortega. too, right? What's that? They have videos too, right? I think yeah. I've seen some. They're great videos. Yeah. 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 Go through their. Uh, vast uh, catalog because they have a whole section devoted to Scientology. Uh, Tony Ortega is uh, like the greatest source right now. Every day he's breaking stories. He was the editor of the Village Voice. Now he's got his own blog, The Underground Bunker. Um, So Google that with Tony Ortega and and you'll have so much stuff to read. And then there's a ton of books that, that have come out Recently, and that have been released through the years, that you can, well, some of them you can read online. Like the first book, Critical of Scientology, was written by Paulette Cooper, called The Scandal of Scientology. It and many of its uh, brothers and sister books from the 70s and 80s are are free to read online. There's a, I think if you Google Zenu Bookshelf, you'll find a, a page that brings you to a lot of books you can read and a lot of articles you can read. Um, but then the uh, recently, just recently, there have been so many great books written by former members, uh, like Nancy Maney's My Billion Year Contract. Uh, Mark Headley wrote an incredible book about life in the Sea Org called Blown for Good. And I, I'm, knowing, I'm, I'm going to forget all of these. Jeff Hawkins wrote a great book. Um, the Jenna Miscavige one. Jenna, Yeah, just recently, Jenna's book, uh, Beyond a Belief, I believe is the name of that one. And uh, several journalists have written some uh, recently. Lawrence Wright had the, the most recent one, Going Clear. Right before that, uh, John Sweeney from the BBC, who did a couple brilliant uh, programs on Panorama, he wrote a great book about Scientology. So is, is there's, there's oh, a the ton Janet of material Reitman one? Janet Reitman, right? Yeah, Inside, Inside. Scientology. It was a, a really good background into both Hubbard's history and Miscavige's history. She uncovered a lot of new, fresh uh, material. So, uh, you know, Google Scientology. You're going to yeah. find so much out there. ZenuTV.com. Yes. Right. You used to be able to... Scientology used to be able to silence one person at a time. Mm-hmm. So if somebody from the LA Times decided they wanted to do a story, well, they could put so much pressure on the times to get them to stop running it. I, back in 99, when I first started looking into this, I went into, into the CNN headquarters here in L.A., uh, and they told me that they had started three stories about Scientology, but their lawyers refused to let them put them on the air. Oh, wow. That's not the case anymore. People are not as frightened. Um, having worked in TV news, though, I got to see what that pressure was like. Uh, I worked at two stations in San Diego. The first station, the anchor woman became obsessed ab- uh, about it. Now, this is this is one of the things about Scientology. Once you start looking into it, it does become an obsession.
2: Yeah, it's really, it's pretty deep
1: for yeah. me. And, and people can think you're absolutely insane for being fascinated by this, but the, it's just this amazing blend of science fiction hollywood and cults that uh, it, 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 it the story just keeps on the mafia
2: it's the mafia yeah. too it's <laughs> like so crazy
1: so uh, uh you know the first anchor woman at, at my first station said I- i'm going to do an hour long special on this and we spent money to fly in people from canada to interview and all of this and they were getting ready to do this and then suddenly the station said no we're not going to do this in the meantime she had found herself being stalked by a pi um, th- uh, in a mall, uh, and then he was following her on the way home, and she was a little freaked out about that. I moved to a second station where uh, almost my, I think it was like my second week there at the station, I convinced them to do a sweeps piece about Scientology, and the phone calls from Scientology to the station were nonstop. The letters were nonstop. All of these threats about them and. And they were ref- Scientology was refusing to do an interview, and, and at a at certain point, the management was saying, "Well, if we don't have their viewpoint in it, we can't run it." But at the last minute—I mean, two hours before air—one of the science- Scientology people said, "Okay, I'll come down and do an interview." So we had—I was editing that piece, so I had to, uh, you know, we had to it and retool it all at course, the last yeah. moment to get it on air. But uh, you know, they—they they were good at intimidating journalists and intimidating media companies they can't do that anymore
0: And people are more aware of their tactics and you they're know they're becoming
1: they're becoming a caricature yeah.
0: in the media
2: and so no
1: one
0: takes them seriously at all that's the thing they the, handled it really i mean honestly when if if you're a you're a company because they're come on they're they're basically a corporation they they handled everything wrong they could have been a lot bigger they could have been a lot you but know, their doctrine holds them back. I mean, like it's the like guy who. I don't know that that's ever. What does that stop? Like Miscavige, if if you want to do some, you, if they seem to be able to bend whatever they want to their liking. They'll 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 deny things. They'll say things that aren't true. So it's like, why would that make a difference? but it comes
2: from like i feel like in their in their doctrine there's just this it's built into it like an extreme paranoia of anyone who's not a scientologist like they're just they're like they're basically like hey come in come here by the way everyone else is crazy so just don't believe it it's okay to lie because they're all insane but just don't even tell them they're insane they're just all insane like that's basically what they're doing and it's like so so wild i was going to say something that happened recently my friend who's a comic Um, She works at KCRW. I won't say her name, but um, they did a – they published an interview with Lawrence Wright. And just because they published an interview, everyone who worked there got a a letter declaring them an SP, a suppressive person. So she just is literally like an assistant there, and she got a letter that she was declared suppressed, and I was like – I really want that by coming on this podcast. I want to frame that. That'll be the greatest want a thing letter. ever. You'll probably get one, but also they 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 had vans in the parking lot outside looking at them. They're still trying to do the same shit and it's like so crazy they haven't learned at all. Their main no, thing, they can't learn. Their yeah.
0: main thing is is if you're filming or you're doing something they're going to film you, I think, right? That's like the the my, that's the minimum. Or the bottom thing, they'll always at least do that, and it's like nobody. I mean, what? So what? You're filming me. Who cares? But it, it, it that's but it you, does
1: it it does bother a lot of people. And I guess that's why they still do it. But you know, if if it's like do it bother you,
2: but it's like it. But, but that but most people are not trained to understand get, the pressure of that.
0: I could see why it would be creepy, and it's that creepy feeling that back, I think stops you.
1: Back in 2008, when Anonymous took on Scientology for the first time. And and they started doing uh, pickets in in front of the Scientology orgs all over the world. I was shocked to see how how much effort Scientology was putting into uncovering these uh, young people, in some cases teenagers, who were out protesting in the Guy Fawkes masks. Uh-huh. They were having PIs follow these kids home, and then writing threatening letters to the parents of these teenagers saying your your child is part of a a, a a terrorist organization and you know just trying to to put pressure on the parents to say what are you doing stop that it's you know you 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 can't be this is scary they're going to take you to court it's not it's not that they're going to take them to court they're trying to frighten them into silence one of the
0: things about like say even horror films is knowing that someone knows where you live. And and so that I could see that that's just it's a that's scary, enough to creepy quiet feeling. Most people. Exactly, that
1: truly is. That's why they showed up at my house to pick at me. the The day after I showed my face for the first time at a Scientology building, they came to my house with and spread leaflets around my neighborhood with my name and my phone number and and everything. They want to say we know where you live. I, that's why I think you know it's those videos. I don't know
2: if you put them out or that that Italian pop star Tiziano or yeah, Tiziano. Yeah, he he's this like really handsome kind of rich like he was like an italian like pop star and he was scientologist and he he disconnected and now he's making these videos because they you know they had like he hates them i mean he Uh he also was really good friends with tom cruise and all that stuff but he's making these videos they're essentially comical Yeah, they're great yeah they're so funny because it's like this guy was inside and he's making cartoonish videos about these insane PIs who like literally show up at his door and they're sleeping on the watch and he's putting their face on and he's like uh or like Jeff Hawkins or whatever's like hey do you want some coffee or he's like hey I'm gonna go down to that store just so you know like oh thanks man and it's so funny because they get the worst PIs as well which I think is so funny well
0: that's probably what you have to do to volunteer is because do something like that right Where it's like oh Oh, if you they, do, they do that. If someone can afford stuff, they make them do things like that, like follow people. Or do they actually hire people to? Do oh, they follow hire people. You?
1: Well, right? they uh, yeah, they they do hire or a little PIs, of both. But yeah, there are people who who are OSA volunteers too. Like the, yeah, the two people who came to pick at my house, those were OSA volunteers. Gotcha. When was the last time they bothered you, or like like did something to you? You know, I I I can't think of anything uh, major except uh, I don't know maybe a year or two ago. They arrested me outside the, the gold base. Um, they did a, a citizens' arrest of me. Oh wow! Um,
0: so 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 they actually they were very frustrated. Took you.
1: This was this was in Riverside County. This is at their desert compound uh-huh. uh, near Hemet, California, and the the Riverside County Board of Supervisors had uh, tried to stop all protests at the Scientology building on behalf of Scientology. Then when we started to complain, wait a minute, what are you doing? You can't stop the protests here. Then they made it a sweeping thing throughout the country, uh, throughout the, the county, rather. There'll be no protests outside uh, a, a, any abode within something like 100 feet or so. And and we kept fighting that week after week at their board meetings and, and until eventually they said, all right, all right, you can still protest there. You can protest at the Scientology compound. Now, the Scientologists were there every day we were at the board meetings talking about them. They were as frustrated as could be the day the the county said, yeah, okay, you can can protest there. So we said, well, okay, we're going to test this out. We're going to go there and protest. And we got there, and they had the police waiting inside the Scientology compound. And they arrested uh, one of the guys who was walking back and forth in front of the gates. And I said, well, this isn't right. Uh, so I walked in front of the gate, too, and they arrested me. And, uh, you know, we got put in handcuffs and driven down to the station. But the nice thing is, you know, when, as I was being driven to the station, I was able to talk to the cop who was who was doing the arrest. And he had no knowledge of what Scientology was. And one of the women who was there with us that day at the protest She had been a Sea Org member there at the compound. Her sister was still in Scientology and disconnected from her. So she couldn't find out where her sister was or what her condition was. So by me talking to the the officer, by the time we reached the the, the station, he had decided, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a check on this girl. So he was at least able to go there and do a welfare check and tell the the, the Scientologist critic with us that her sister was okay. And, and, and in that case, it was just nonsense. And, and I think somebody was filming it. So you saw the the futility of them. Saying, Wait a minute, we're not doing anything worthy of an arrest.
0: Right. One thing that we actually brought up a little bit before were the amount of commercials that are on primetime TV nowadays. And you mentioned that they had one during the Super Bowl. Actually, it wasn't really a Super Bowl commercial because it was during the halftime and it was only in LA, I think, and New York markets. So it was a lot cheaper than the $3.8 million that most people had to pay. Uh, so not everybody saw this Scientology commercial that was during the Super Bowl. But they have all this, uh, these new commercials that, if you know nothing about Scientology, we're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. They're really well done you know, for what they are. And then there was even one that's just an L. Ron Hubbard commercial. I don't know if you've seen this one. And it's like, oh, that's you know, they're, they're decently made if I didn't know how crazy it was. And then uh, last night, actually, in preparation for this, I went to their website and watched a couple of their videos about, you know, certain things they believe. Like, this, these have really good production values, really good graphics. It's interesting. It's intriguing in a sci-fi sort of way. Uh, but I know them, and I'm like, well, I could see why this would capture people that don't know any better or that are looking for help.
1: The pr- The production values have really skyrocketed in the last few years. Yeah. In the past, their their videos were laughable. As yeah, you said. punchlines. They're like I mean, they, they were, they were hysterical. Yeah. They were as over the top as the the materials you're talking about yeah. reading. And uh, but they have gotten smart with the the videos lately, and they're glossy and they're 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 well made. A lot of they're, kids uh, in uh, the commercials. They're again completely empty. Yeah, they uh, don't say anything they go, do you well, want a world of knowledge like, right. like what does that it's mean like,
0: yeah no, well it's like do you want to feel it? it's like yeah i kind of do want to feel like my, i'd like a world of knowledge yeah. but like what the hell
1: this is continuing a long line of of recruitment uh techniques where they don't tell you anything yeah. you know if, if somebody is interviewing a scientologist spokesperson and they ask what is scientology the scientologist was like read a book Come on down to the org. Read a book. Take it's all a there. class if you want to. find out. They're, they're trained to do that. I yeah. mean, you say that to Travolta or Cruz. they'll also say, oh, "You know, read a book." Go ahead.
0: Well, I think I, in Austra- I think it was Australia that banned it because they said it was based on hypnosis. Uh, I don't know if you, this was in the, Wik- the Wikipedia page. I don't know how many years ago this was, but that they they found that the whole auditing process was a form of hypnosis, yeah. um, which gets them in, and then basically the person doing the auditing is kind of kind of controlling the person in a way. And then L. Ron Hubbard was a master hypnotist.
2: Yeah, because aren't there like like that scene in The Master, which I feel like is pretty realistic, where he's like, keep your eyes open. You know, keep your eyes open while I like you. And, and it's like, I heard there are techniques where it's like, Mark, you'd be sitting in a chair and I'd scream at you and you're not allowed to react. And anytime time you react, we start over or something like right, that.
1: Right, that's, that's bull baiting.
2: Right. They, they baiting. actually
1: train on that, where they they want to make sure that um you cannot be riled right so they'll they'll be sh- saying the most horrible things to you yeah. trying to get you to 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 blink or move or react in any way shape or form flunk do it again but then you also do that to other people so yeah. you are learning how to be controlled and to control others. It's like in
2: that in that Tommy Davis video with John Sweeney when he when he does break, that's exactly what that is. He's just he's just he's just he's finding these little triggers for the guy and just repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. He, he's so he's like a children child of the corn. Like he looks just insane, but it's so clearly just this psychotic method. That part of me is like, part of me thinks, how could that not bother you? But then part of me, I look at it and I'm like. You're just being silly, man.
1: Like It, does, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. And I, I think I got the first recording of bull baiting uh, on tape back in 1999 when I went to L. Ron Hubbard Way, which is this little cobblestone street in front of one of the Scientology buildings. And I was surrounded by three Scientologists I've who were video. doing i seen that video, yeah. It. Somebody else put it up online um, with the name uh, Scientology Crazy Followers, I think. I Something think like what that, it's yeah. And if you Google that, you'll find it. it. It annoys me that this guy has gotten millions and millions of <laughs> yeah. with it. But what, what really annoys me is, is that uh, he took it from some other site that put this big stamp on the video That's I think, net. It's like, well, really, I don't want to have my video spoiled like that. I don't mind if people share them. But at any rate, it's the first time you, you actually see these Scientologists saying, what are your crimes, Mark? Yes. I think... Uh, I, did you did you stop beating your wife to come here? Oh, wow. I think you're a child molester. Child molester? Yeah, they call right. you a child molester. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's like, and and I wasn't really annoyed by that. It was and 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 I don't think of the Scientologists that I encounter as the enemy. I think of them as the people I'm trying to help. Right. So when I hear them say stuff like that, I'm hearing L. Ron Hubbard. They're they're saying what he wants them to say. They're reacting the way he told them to react. Right. They're not the problem. The problem is the corporate system that puts these people in this framework where they they think that L. Ron Hubbard said that anyone who attacks Scientology is a criminal. All you have to do is find out their crimes to silence them. That's what they think. If you're speaking out against Scientology, you're a criminal. It's one of those things where like you know that
2: they're not the actual problem, but it's like when you when you have a friend who's going through a breakup, like within, like a, the person abuses them like physically or, or mentally, and you're like, okay, so this is what you need to do. You need to get out of here. I'm going to help you get out of this. And you're like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And they get back with that person. And you, it's like so hard not to be mad at that person, but you know they're just weak and they can't get out of it. Right. But it's like that kind of thing where you're like, the patience, I don't know how you have that patience, but I suppose if people like, I forget her name, the woman with the blonde hair that your friend, Tori. Tori. <laughs> like when she gets out, that probably is a sign of hope that people can change. I don't know how
1: you do it yeah. though, because it frustrates me so much. Right. And I'm not involved at all. There's, there's, I don't think there's anything that you can do to, to convince a person that. They, their entire mindset is wrong.
0: Right, right,
1: right. O- otherwise, we'd empty out the Fox News Channel viewership <laughs> overnight. Yeah, exactly. Nice. You know, it, it has to reach a breaking point for them where they're being abused, I think, in Scientology so much that they are willing to look at stuff they, they weren't willing to look at before. All of these attacks on critics, it all comes from the number one policy in Scientology, which is this letter that L. Ron Hubbard wrote called Keeping Scientology Working. KSW. K-S-W. Yeah. The mindset of the Scientologists is that Scientology has to be protected at all costs. We have to make sure that Scientology continues to thrive so that mankind has a chance to survive. I imagine this is, uh, as we were taping this, the Pope just stepped down. I imagine this is the way Catholics oh, must yeah. feel too when they, oh, oh yeah, there have been all these sexual abuse stories, but the most important thing is that. Catholicism keep rolling along, and yeah. the Vatican keep uh, yeah. keep yeah. keeps open for but, business. But that's one thing that at least they've
0: done over their two thousand years, or uh, and other religions, have done is they do modernize a little bit. It might be slow, yeah, but there's some sort of change eventually. One
2: of the my favorite parts about Scientology, in that fun way, which you sort of talked about earlier, is that they the way that it's so goddamn funny what they think about the internet because they hate the internet and they tell all the people don't look at the internet and they used to make, I believe, CD-ROMs that they put in their computer to block certain websites from being able to be accessed. That's how crazy they are. But there's new pop-ups that Tony Ortega's been putting on his blog about like, hey, learn the internet. But they're talking about it as if it's like a, a my sketch group were doing a parody of like 1995 internet stuff. It's like, you know if you put up like a picture of like an old LG2 computer. Everyone's going to like it on Facebook. Because, oh, that's funny that we're already so... Pa-. It's like a huge cell phone. That's where they're at in certain technology. They're, they're like at the equivalent of a huge cell phone. That's what they think technology is. Oh. And it's really funny. Like it's really, really, really deeply funny how sheltered they are. It's like the Amish almost in some ways. Because
0: well, like like- they know anything that they see online is going to probably be disparaging towards them and point out things that they don't want to know.
2: It's not I don't know if it's that they don't want to know. I think it's that they, that just they should, think it's're bad for them and it's like theta
1: mm. right well the the net is their their biggest problem yeah um, because I, I, again the the crucial thing is keeping members in and if members look at the net, <laughs> they're, they're well because they're can, not going to stay
0: in. we can talk bad about or we can be disparaging towards them, and they can't point a camera at us because we're on the internet. You know, they can't – their tactic is sending us a dirty email. Well, what I also find interesting now is, like, the
2: Freedom Magazine and stuff like that or those websites, they're like – it's one of those things where I was looking at the Westboro Baptist Church, um, like, protests, and they have these signs of uh, no fag sex, it says. And it's, like, a picture of two stick figure men having sex. And I have to assume there are some Christian young boys who are looking at that – they're like – Oh, that's how men have sex? Oh, cool. I might try that. And I feel like that's kind of like what goes on with Scientology because it's like they're going, this person's an idiot. This blog is an idiot. This, everything's wrong. There's going to be some people who are reading this online, Freedom Magazine, and go, well, maybe I'll Google that and see what they're talking about. I don't even, I don't even know that existed before. And it's so stupid because if they just shut up, they'd keep more members. But they're like, why don't I Google that for myself? I'm curious. And they're like, oh, well, this is insane.
0: What is your opinion towards the groups, I think Narcanon that are drug, their drug rehabilitation, and then Criminon, their criminal rehabilitation. Are these just ways to get people to join,
1: basically, and get people who are in need? Well, uh, the, the rank-and-file Scientology members, they're good people. They're mm-hmm. trying to help. The people who work at Narcanon really think that they are going to help people get off drugs. Gotcha. That's what they want to do. Um, the, the But the, the problem is, it's nonsense. The Narconon program is not at all about getting off of drugs— it's the early stages of Scientology. That's all they're doing. Yeah. So they're going through a detox that can be terribly unhealthy. They're they're doing eight hours of sauna at a time and 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 taking mega doses of of, of niacin that can damage people's liver. Um, That's what's the in people, Red,
0: Red Bull, right? right? Niacin. I think so. Yeah. I'm not
1: sure. The the people who are actually running these rehab centers they're not trained they're not responsible they don't 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 know what they're doing and oftentimes they're people who just graduated from the Narcanon program and are offered a job working there mm. so there have been a recent spate of deaths at Narcanon oh, wow. and especially in Oklahoma there were i think 4 people who have died in the in the, in the past uh, few years and and three of them at least back to back almost within months uh, so they're they're getting close to shutting that down. And and really, these type of places should not be allowed to operate. It's so But amazing. the Scientologists, mm. like the people who were looking over Lisa McPherson, they didn't want her to die. They were trying to help her in their way. They were doing what L. Ron Hubbard told them to do. The drug yeah. people are doing what L. Ron Hol- Hubbard told them to do, and he knows nothing about drug uh, uh, habits. He knows nothing ab- uh, if it, whatever he knows it is not going into the program because well, it's just nonsense.
0: Whatever was happening with Lisa at the time. They thought they were helping but blindly not realizing that that's not how you help someone.
1: Yeah, right. the, yeah, which is which is the the real problem with Scientology, even in the auditing sessions. The auditors want to help. The people want to get better with these auditing sessions and some of it may work for them. But there's a, there, there, it's completely unlicensed uh, mental health. Uh, there's no real science behind it. So you've got all of these untrained, uh, unlicensed mental health practitioners who really can cause far more damage yeah. than, than aid. And I think the FDA said that their e-meters had to
0: have something on them that's that say this is purely a religious artifact, uh,
1: right? Back in sixty three, the FDA raided the yeah. Scientology headquarters because they said they were Scientology was was practicing medicine without a license. So when they got their meters back, they had to put uh, uh, something on every meter and post it in every org and in the front of every book that the E meter is a religious artifact and cannot cause uh, cannot cure any medical ailment. But they still do the same stuff they always did.
0: Uh, one thing that that I found in this in the Wikipedia page that was interesting is a lot of people attribute and and he probably did say it uh, that L. Rod Hubbard said the quickest way to make money is to found a religion. There, I guess there's a lot of controversy. They say he never said that that it was like a George Orwell thing attributed to Hubbard. But then a lot of science fiction friend writer or writer friends of his say no, he told us that. Uh, so I, I I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was like well, did he say it for sure? He said it. Okay,
1: he said it. I mean, I, I talked to Harlan Ellison this past year. He heard him say it. He's been on record as, as saying that. I, I know the son of uh, another science fiction writer who was part of that group of science fiction writers back in in the fifties. He heard him say it. Uh, I interviewed James Randy, the amazing Randy. He heard him say it. This thing about George Orwell having said it. That was a line that was created by Vaughn Young, who was the PR person for Scientology back in the 80s. And he was the best PR person they ever had. But he eventually left Scientology and denounced them. And he wrote a big thing you can see online about how Scientology handles the media. Mm -hmm. Uh, A very important thing for any journalist who's going to cover Scientology to read. Uh, Because they talk about how um how the scientologist spokespeople are trained to handle the media to misdirect to use um what they call acceptable truths which is a big thing in scientology they have a, a, a training routine called trl standing for training routine lie where they teach members how to lie uh, is this something that your church does or or any other church you know yeah. they uh, you know they are experts in lying and to Scientologists, that's a natural thing to do. So when these people are, are writing Freedom Magazines, they they aren't under any impression that they're doing anything wrong by spouting all of these outrageous claims. They're keeping Scientology working. That's the most important thing.
0: Uh, we're going to wrap this up now. Uh, do you guys have any uh, any final words?
2: I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you. I, I love what you're doing, and I think that... It has helped – I think it's helped move things forward and I think the reason why there's like this boom in talking about Scientology is purely what you have done and a few other people have done, so thank you because I wasn't aware of it and it's it's great because I think – it's important because it will help a lot of other things too. Like the way we can see how you helped Anonymous, and now Anonymous is way better than they used to be. And this is going to help so many things. So thank you, and it's just nice to meet you.
1: Well, thank you. I, I just feel I'm I'm part of a natural progression. You know, I, I got into this because of Bob Minton. Other people and uh, will will take over uh, when I drop the the uh, baton. Look at the material and please spread the word. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Spread the word spread the word yeah that that's the that's the whole reason this whole scientology thing is has has uh really changed the the whole course of Scientology has changed in the past few years because people are finding out what's going on and they're and they're telling other people that's why the internet is uh you know something that Scientology cannot fight share video share links, use Facebook, use Twitter right right,
0: yeah. The more you know. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, please Google. Uh, actually, in, uh, the Wikipedia page for Scientology, by the way, deals with both sides of it. So uh, it's a good basis, I think, to learn about it. And then you should explore off uh, into uh, Mark uh, and Tony Ortega and, and and all these other guys. Uh, oh,
1: uh, by the way, I think Hubbard was full of nonsense and Scientology is hooey. But if you want to believe in Scientology, I support you in that. I'm not trying to shut down Scientology. I'm trying to stop the abuses and make people aware. Mm -hmm. So the Scientologists should be looking at what Scientology Mm -hmm. is doing the same way the Catholics should be saying, wait a minute, stop it with the sexual abuse.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Which is a good point because people probably think, oh, wait, everybody's trying to shut down Scientology, and that isn't the fact. It's the, the things that they do within it that hurt people is what you're trying to stop. If
1: Scientology is shutting down at all, it's because of what they're doing. Yeah. They can't go on the way they've been going on. So they may be able to reform. I don't know. But I'm not trying to shut them down. I just want people to look.
0: Uh, and you can. Uh, I think your website zenutv.com. Right. And it's zenu is X E N U. In case you haven't googled it. Are you on uh, Twitter and and Facebook? I am. You, uh, social uh, media. Zenu
1: TV. I think is my my tr- Twitter okay, handle. Okay. Cool. And uh, Jake. Weissman Jake is my Twitter. Yeah. And
0: you actually do a storytelling show mm-hmm. uh, a weekly at, at Stories over. It's in, uh, yeah, first
2: Saturday of every month at Stories yeah. Cafe
0: at with, 8 p.m. Th- with uh, Dave Ross, who Dave was Ross. on the time travel episode. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he yes, was. Wonderful ah, guy. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.